obviously that's Stevie Wonder and he's talking about the lovely host that we are bringing it home with Sarah Poole and Tennille Short. Hi Sarah. <laughs> Hello. Actually he's not talking about us this well, he time. He could be. He could be but not today because we are joined on this podcast by a very special guest. I know I'm so excited. I am excited. This is our most famous guest to date so <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward to this one. In our podcast today, we have Miss Christine Williamson, who is Miss Tennessee 2018. Hi, Christine. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to record my first ever podcast with oh, y'all. yay. Now, I wanted to wear a crown today, and Sarah said it wasn't appropriate. You were the only one that could wear one. So. <laughs> I'm all for everyone breaking out head jewelry. I'm all about it. <laughs> Great. Next time, I'll know. We'll put it on tomorrow. I I'll put it on tomorrow or something. <laughs> so, Christine, we're really excited to have you with us, and all of our listeners kind of want to know how you started out in the pageantry. Obviously, you're beautiful. And let me just okay. say, I have always said that you are as beautiful on the inside as you are on the outside. And that is a huge task because of how beautiful you are on the outside. Well, thank you so, so how did you that. get started? Oh my gosh, it, was, it feels like an eternity ago, but it was six very short years ago. Um, I competed in my first pageant when I was a 17-year-old senior in high school. I didn't grow up around the system. I didn't know a, what a pageant was or anything, but my dad actually suggested it my senior year because I had really struggled with um, the social climate at my school. I graduated from a small private school with 34 people. Oh, wow. So 34? 34. <laughs> it was, we were the biggest class from that school. So there were, we were <laughs> making There moves. were like 34 people in my English class. I was going to say Spanish <laughs> or something, you know. Oh, it was, there were 200 of us K through 12, like wow. minuscule. Um, but so that being said, like I transferred to the school when I was in eighth grade. And I really struggled fitting in because, you know, middle school is hard. Yes. You're going through puberty. You're figuring out who you are. And mean girls. Mean girls, absolutely. So they've probably always been together. To yeah, so they've been there since mm -hmm. kindergarten. Then I get there and I'm like, let me in. So <laughs> I just struggled and I had a couple really good friends that I'm still close with from there. Mm -hmm. um, but I never really found my niche, if you will. And I was, because it was an all honors curriculum, I was focusing all of my competitive energy and I'm very competitive into my grades, which isn't healthy because we also didn't know that I was undiagnosed with three learning disabilities, which in hindsight makes sense. Um, but so I was focusing all of my time and energy and effort into my grades. And I'm not super athletic. Sports aren't my thing. Don't have much hand-eye coordination. <laughs> the gym, fine. Sports, no. So. And you could sing, by the way. Well, thank she you. She could sing. <laughs> and it was because it was such a small school, there's like one choir. And there's not really a lot of opportunities outside of that. So dad said, well, Neil, why don't you try pageant? And I'm like, a what? And so I competed and won in, uh, in one pageant. Sorry, I did not win that first one. Um, uh, back in 2012, I competed in Miss Memphis the first time with 30-something girls, and I got second runner-up. I'd never worn a gown. I'd never done an interview. I actually cried in my first interview. <laughs> Whole so new like, world, huh? <laughs> it was just it's a ton. Um, but I really fell in love with it when I found out about the scholarship and the service and what the job yeah. takes. Six more tries, I finally won Miss Memphis of my first title. Five years later, here we are. Wow. That's amazing. That's the and, short version. <laughs> and I met you uh, five years ago. You were Miss Memphis when I met you. And it's so funny, Christine. People always ask me, now, how do you know her? <laughs> and they say it with this tone in their voice like, I can't know a beauty queen. And that kind of offends me. So I keep it really coy. And You're I really still a don't, queen? They, what do they think I they just know? don't answer the question. I say, well, why wouldn't I know her? You well, know. People ask today how you knew her. I was like... 
It's just Janelle. Yeah. She knows that, that's everybody. That's just who I am. So it's just yeah. me and Christine. There that's we go. Right. So we want to talk about one of your causes that's dear to your heart and your platform that has been for a while, and that is Alzheimer's disease. Now, why is this part of something that you speak up about? Sure. Um, so each girl in the program promotes a personal platform in addition to our national platform of CMN Hospitals. So I serve as a state goodwill ambassador for all five of our Children's Miracle Network hospital members. Um, and that's a huge honor and it's a great opportunity to fundraise for kids that really need it. Um, but we, I love that there is so much individualism in picking your own platform and a cause you care about. So for me, that's always been Alzheimer's because of how my family's been affected. I've lost four family members to this horrible disease and I had to become a caregiver when I was eight. Uh, when my grandfather was diagnosed, my maternal grandfather, and he struggled with this disease for 11 years. Wow, at eight years old. So, yeah. I mean, you don't even know how to spell Alzheimer's, no, let alone what no. it means. And somebody no. you love so much. I know that was really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, it helped guide my path and what I wanted my mission to be. So this summer, I actually had a chance to write a children's book about Alzheimer's. Oh, and it's cool. called Memories Matter, and it's about a little purple elephant named Ellie, and it's the story of her and her grandpa. So the story of my grandpa and I told through Little Purple Elephants, and it's available on Amazon. Oh, awesome. Really cool. And the topic today is caring for the caregiver. So that fits right into what we're talking about because it's stressful giving care to someone else who's dealing with Alzheimer's or any type of dementia or any disease, right. really, if you are the main caregiver. Well, and my family's living this right now. My parents... Um, are the main caregivers for my great aunt who's 93. She is in an assisted living um, facility, but all the decisions, all the phone calls, just everything falls, not just to, to my mom and dad and their siblings that help out, but mom and dad are the front line there. And it's hard. Absolutely. I mean, because it's a day in and day out. It's 24 seven mm -hmm. around the clock care and it's expensive. Right. Even if it's just assisted living or if it's you taking care of the person, no matter what, it's expensive on, the toll it takes on you and the actual cost. Right, emotionally as well as financially. You're right, and you just love pe these people so much, it's hard to see the change in oh, their I, health. Absolutely, I mean, to watch someone you love so much decline, and especially yes. when it's mentally, like with how it happens with Alzheimer's. Um, I remember the day my grandfather didn't remember my name the first time and how awful and earth-shattering that is mm -hmm. for anyone at any age that the person you love isn't there anymore. Right. Right. So we want to talk about some things that people who are caregivers can do, you know, to keep themselves, um, you know, from losing themselves. Right. Keep themselves healthy and strong so that they can be effective caregivers. Definitely. I think one of the first things to do is to um, seek support for yourself, you know, whether that be with other caregivers or, you know, your church, friends, whatever, but find some people that can support you. Yeah, it's important not to feel isolated. And taking care of yourself is so important because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't be well enough to take care of no. others. So, and we neglect our needs if we are spending our time caring for someone else. Yeah, of course. I think we often think about self-care as a luxury, not a necessity. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but you really have to replenish yourself as you're giving daily to somebody else. You can't run a car on empty. You gotta put gas in it. So you yes. still have to refuel somehow. Do you find that some people don't want to accept help? You know, there are people around that offer to do things for you and support you in ways, but you want to be strong. You want to do it all yourself. Yes. Well, I think we also, as a society, I think we put so much emphasis on like, oh, those wonderful people that do it all themselves, but there's nothing wrong with asking for help. I think the best thing you can do to show strength as a leader or in, whether yes. that's in a family or a company 
is to say like here I am in the middle of this and I can't do it all on my own and I talk to kids about that every day mm-hmm. as a Tennessee about like there's nothing wrong with asking for help that's respect showing a ton of respect to your own body mind and self and I think we need to notice in other people and offer to help like just say no I'm going to do this I got this right you know be a little bit more assertive maybe yeah <laughs> which yeah. isn't easy either yes. yes knowing that people are there for you I mean it matters it's huge it does. yeah and there's a lot of communication that has to go on with uh, the person that you're caring for, their medical team. Oh, you know, gosh. it's hard enough coordinating your own medical care, but when you're having to deal with other people's doctors and other people's medication, I, I would imagine that would be stressful. Yeah, especially if it's a situation where the person can't communicate effectively, whether it's a small child or a grandparent or a parent, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. the harder it is to communicate what they're feeling or what if they're in pain, where, right. how, what level. I think that makes it that much harder because you know your own needs, but you don't always know how to interpret someone else's. Right. And and it's hard for the person to know that they're losing that control themselves. Right. You know? It's hard to let go. Right. So it, and as, ask for help. Right. So as the caregiver, you know, you know, you're just dealing with those that per, the person's feelings, your feelings, dealing with the medical team. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah, and there's a transition that takes place. I've not been a caregiver, but as my mother ages, I find myself moving into an advisory role. You know, she's a widow, and I find myself making suggestions about, well, maybe you need to ask the doctor if that medication is what you really need to be on, or maybe you need to go to the emergency room and not wait to see your doctor until you can get an appointment, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. So uh, even those transitioning roles are challenging because um, I have to be a little more assertive than I have been in the past, you know, to help right. manage her health care a little bit. And you're changing your role. I mean, you're the daughter. Still, right. Mm-hmm. So that's tough. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to say, I'm still telling you this because I love you and I care about you and I right. want you to be healthy, but that's, it's a difficult change. Yes. yes. And my mother's totally independent. I mean, she doesn't <laughs> she need is. me. A lot of my advice is unsolicited <laughs> at this point, but, uh, you know, she gets it anyway. <laughs> well, I think as a caregiver too, you need to be able to take a break. You know, you need to rest. You need to get some exercise. You need to just take take a break and, and realize that, yeah, your health is important. Maybe have your support system come in and do some of the work so that you can step back yeah. and get away for a week or... <clears throat> Maybe sleep for a few hours. Yes. It doesn't even have no, to be no, a Depending week. on the level of care that you're giving that person. Just something day to day because mm-hmm. one of the roles I play as Miss Tennessee is I work with the Tennessee Respite Coalition which is for anyone and everyone and they're based out of Nashville but there's a lot of volunteer programs if you don't have a loved one that can step in or that's at a convenient location to help out. Um, but there's a lot of opportunities like that available in each and individual communities. Um, that are there to help you, whether that's with uh, something like the Alzheimer's Association mm-hmm. that's specific to Alzheimer's caregivers, like a counseling group or a support group, or something like the Tennessee Respite Coalition that's much broader. There's a lot that's out there, and uh, sometimes I don't think we know to look for it. Oh, I agree. I don't think that a lot of people know that there's um, so resources available to help them give care. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's important. So all of these things kind of come together mm-hmm. um, to help people be better caregivers because we love the people that we're caring for. We want to give them the best care possible, but again, we've got to be in the best position to be able to do that. Yes. You know, being organized helps, you know, keeping important papers together and in a safe place where we know where they are. And also letting your support people know where that stuff is. Like when my parents go out of town, mom will call me and say, "If, because I'm the next phone call when mom's out of town, okay, if they need you, this is where you're going to find 
um, her medical information, her this, her that. You know, you need to let other people know where that stuff is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And give yourself permission to have those tough feelings. Yes. You know, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get tired. Uh, sometimes you may feel hopeless. You know, just have those moments. It's okay because none of us is a super person, right? No, you have to be a human. And sometimes I can totally attest for because sometimes that means bawling your eyes out in your car. And that's okay. And, but having a minute for yourself because it's a lot of times I think when we don't take time for ourselves and to take care of ourselves, you lose a part of yourself yes. because you you can't be a complete and whole person without feeling that range of emotions and going through what you genuinely feel. That's some good advice. It really is. <laughs> and so again, we're having this conversation with Christine Williamson. She's Miss Tennessee. And we're so glad that she's here. How has it been being Miss Tennessee? I mean, are you, you've been, you've been Miss Tennessee for a while now. So has it sunk in or? It's, you know, it's funny you ask that because I only have about four months left, which doesn't feel real because I've competed for the title for five, almost six years. Mm -hmm. So thinking about it not being a part of my life when it's been an entire part of the entire entirety a struggle for that word for a second um, <laughs> my adult life is a strange right. concept um i am excited to go back to utc in the fall and to finish my master's degree and my certificate in data analytics but i really don't want to let this job go ever because it's a lot of fun <laughs> um i love to travel and i love um being independent in this role so asking for help isn't always easy for me but i love getting to travel the state and it's Everyone's like, oh, it's 80,000 miles. I'm like, nah, I've got that on my first car before it died. That's nothing. <laughs> We're good. So it's a, a chance to see parts of Tennessee I wouldn't have been to, it, to sure. see communities um, that have been really beautiful, both in the people that make it up and in like, the actual scenery um, that I otherwise wouldn't have. So it's been a really neat experience. And I think I should get a two-year term. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would go to bat and petition for you. You know that I would. Well, you can come with me when I present the idea. <laughs> So one final question, and I know we all want to know the answer to this. The day you wake up and you're no longer Miss Tennessee, what will you eat that day? Oh, see right now there's kind of no more Miss Tennessee diet because I'm like, I want to be able to try local restaurants in these communities and, oh, and enjoy this. I mean, I don't want to be so worried. So um, that being said, I'll still probably be in Jackson that day. So chicken salad, chick, buffalo flavored, whatever it is. What was it? She's it's not the key. Oh yeah. So this she is what I got exactly after. What she wants. This is what I got after I won and this is what I want after because there's just it's hard to find the chicken salad <laughs> chick now. That's it's only so in a couple funny. cities and it's very I'm very specific. There is one in Jackson. There yeah. is one in Jackson, so I like the buffalo flavored chicken salad on white toasted bread with a pickle on the like side. Like I kind of feel like she's got a chicken salad countdown clock somewhere. And what, <laughs> may or may not be and what kind of dessert are we having the day after? 18 of their buttercream cookies. They're amazing. <laughs> I don't know if they'll Sounds let me have 18, awesome. but I would eat them all. That is hilarious. Sounds awesome. Well, we're so glad you could join us Yes, today. we're Thank happy you. to have you on this podcast. Thanks for We thank me. all of our listeners for listening in. And how can they follow you? Um, you're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All the above. All the above. <laughs> my personal account is at Christine Electra, which is my name that we talked about earlier. <laughs> Electra is my middle name. Um, and then my Miss Tennessee account is at Miss America TN. So it's... Christine Electra on all platforms for personal and then at Miss America TN for everything else. Okay, okay cool. sounds good. And your website? And my website is christinewilliamson.org. Christinewilliamson.org. Thank you all for joining us on this edition of Bringing It Home with Sarah and Tennille. And in the words of Mr. Bob Marley, be sure to live the life you love. And love the life you live. See you next time. <laughs>